franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hey, welcome to episode 41 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, and this is my colleague, Sarah Wasco. We created this podcast to bring you education and information about business ownership and all things franchising. Today, we have a guest. His name is Scott Marr. He is the founder of Koala Insulation and Wallaby Windows. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for joining us today. Awesome. I appreciate you all having me here. So Scott, I keep, we talk, Sarah and I talk about often how our clients keep getting younger and younger. So to date, you are our youngest entrepreneur ever. You got started really, really, really young. So tell us what led to you to starting a business so early on in life. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a good question. So um, I started my first business when I was 15 years old and um, interestingly, um, I, I don't come from a family of, of business people or entrepreneurs. So my mom worked for Coca-Cola and my dad worked for Coca-Cola for Coca-Cola as well. I'm, I'm from Atlanta originally, so that might explain Coca-Cola there. Um, but as a, as a young adult, I was around a lot of people that were business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I was always interested in their lifestyle because it just seemed like they got to live life on their own terms. So here I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, um, around family, friends, and, uh, and, and, and seeing, you know, my parents work really hard. Um, we're always, you know, working a, a job eight to five. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're wonderful, you know, wonderful employees and, and, and devoted. My dad worked for Coca-Cola for 30 plus years my mom over 20 years um, before they eventually retired. And I got to see all of our family friends that were much younger um, and, and, you know, they had their own businesses. And I just thought to myself as a, as a young man, like, Hmm, what lifestyle would I rather have? Would I rather, you know, go the path of my parents or would I rather go the path of, uh, of our family friends um, that were obviously very successful. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I decided to, uh, to to take the ladder and and uh, and start my own business at a young age. So it's really intriguing to me what you just shared that you were aware of that so at young. such a young age. I mean, most kids at 13, 14 are hanging out with their friends, playing whatever, <laughs> and really are not even thinking about what their parents are doing to provide for them. So. That's just super intriguing to me. Do you attribute that? I mean, you, you noticed that their lifestyle was different, but do you attribute your awareness to anything specific? Did you read a book or anything that caused <laughs> you to like start noticing that? You know, it, it's, it's really interesting. And, I, and I, I'm reflecting back on that, that time and in, in my life. And, and, you know, not, not really. I, um, you know, I, I think the biggest 
the biggest thing that I can, uh, that I can recall, um, is I always, I've always liked nice things. Um, even, even, even as a young man, I've always just liked nice things like having, you know, just, just nice items. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, you know, I don't necessarily need a, a, a big home, but I want to have a nice home. Um, I don't necessarily have to have the biggest or most fancy vehicle, but I want it to be a nice vehicle. Um, and I, I think I just realized at a young age that, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to earn if I, you know, if I want to have, you know, nice things. Um, and, and I think my upbringing probably had a lot to do with it. Um, my, my, you know, I, I grew up in a middle-class family. So, um, my dad, both my parents were, were amazingly hard workers. Um, so my, my, uh, um, my dad was a, was a mechanic at Coca-Cola at the bottling factory. So he worked long hours. Uh, he worked, holidays and, and weekends and nights and basically anytime they need him. Again, he was a very devoted employee. And my mom was, uh, was on the marketing side at Coca-Cola. So I kind of had both sides, right? Like the mechanical aptitude, but then I also had the visionary and, and the branding, um, and, and, and messaging and things like that. So, um, I know I'm straying away from a, the question a little bit here. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think that's what I attribute it to. You also said they were very thrifty. You made that comment when we, you and I were speaking and um, that you, you were able to take vacations and do things because they were so thrifty and they budgeted well, but that also rubbed off on you and you're thrifty and you saved up money to start your business. So tell us a little bit about how you, what you did and how yeah. you started your business and um, then we'll go from, and what you started. Sure. Yeah. So, so my parents were very thrifty. Um, my mom was adopted. Um, my dad grew up very poor. So naturally, um, they, they both, um, were, were on the same page about saving, um, saving for, for everything, uh, for college, for whenever it was time to buy a new vehicle, they would, they would save up and pay cash for it rather than financing it. Um, and, uh, so on and so forth. And so, uh, so I, I grew up, you know, in, in that obviously. And, um, so when I was, when I was young, younger than 15, I started my first business when I was in high school and the business was, uh, was pretty simple, right? So I had a, um, a wholesale account with, a with a company, um, that I, I would buy truck parts from and all of my buddies. So I'm from Atlanta. Um, I, I kind of lived out in the country as a, as a, as a kid. And so all of my buddies would, would lift their truck. They wanted to have, you know, big, big wheels and tires and, and all that good stuff. And so I got the wholesale account. Uh, my mom was, was, uh, nice enough to, to help me get a sales tax uh, number and a, and a business license and things like that. So I started that, um, I would essentially buy the products for my buddies at wholesale, put a small markup on them. Um, and, and I was thrifty, so I saved my money. And then in addition to that, uh, one of our family friends owned a motorcycle dealership and it was actually a franchise dealership. Um, so we had a, a Kawasaki dealership and then later added on RVs and things like that. So in the summer and on the weekends, I worked at the motorcycle shop detailing motorcycles which is, uh, which is where I developed my, my knack for, um, 
just being very attention to, to details. Um, people that had Harley, uh, there was a lot of Chrome and different things are very particular about their motorcycles, about their toys. And so, uh, quickly got accustomed to doing very high quality work and I just saved my money. Um, I did that over the course of a couple of years and, um, I was also into vehicles. So I would, you know, like buy a vehicle. My parents were nice enough to, to put it in their name. I'd buy a vehicle. I'd see a good deal on it. Um, and then I would, I would sell it for a small profit and I would just, I was just saving my money all along the way. And so whenever I was, uh, whenever I was 15, I had a buddy that, um, his, his dad sold pressure washer parts and equipment. And he convinced me that pressure washing was a wonderful business <laughs> and that I could make so much money if I would just buy a pressure washer and become, and become a pressure washing guy. So we started a pressure washing business uh, together. Uh, it was, it was technically my business, but he was 16. So he had a driver's license. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, he, he drove the truck around. I bought the truck and the, the trailer and, and my dad and I would put the equipment on. I do have to give credit to my dad because he did help me buy my first pressure washer. I didn't have all the money for everything. And I started my first business doing that. And and we were the guys that would come around and wash your car or your motorcycle or RV at your home or at your office. Um, so mobile detailing, nothing special. And then that evolved um, over the next year. By that point, I was 16, had a driver's license. That evolved. And I started doing general pressure washing. So this was in 2006, early 2007. I got into doing new construction uh, pressure washing. So I would pressure wash driveways and the exteriors of new construction homes. Um, and, and so I got really busy doing that. I did it. We did a great job and I ended up hiring a couple of, a couple of high school buddies. We would do it in the evenings and on the weekends. And, um, yeah, so, so that was that. And then it just kept evolving over time. I got involved in the niche of mobile fleet washing, um, because one of our customers that we would go in and wash their personally owned vehicles, they also had a fleet of refrigerated box trucks. And they were in the produce business. So they sold fresh produce at the, at the farmer's market there in Atlanta. And uh, it was a pretty sizable company. Um, they had about 25 or so big rigs. And uh, me, you know, here I am. I think at that point I was probably 17 years old. I'm thinking, wow, like I'm just seeing dollar signs, right? So thinking, wow, I wonder how much I could make detailing, you know, and, and washing trucks. And so um, over a period of uh, maybe a few weeks or so, I ended up earning their business for their commercial vehicles. And then that expanded into what is known today as Fleet Clean USA, a uh, mobile truck washing company. Um, and uh, yeah, started as an all corporate company. And then we segued into franchising several years after being in that business. Okay. So this business that you started at 16, 17, this fleet, it, fleet, cleaning business is still in business today? Are you still the owner? No, I'm not, I'm not the owner of that business. It is still in business today. Um, I, uh, I, I've been in that, the pressure washing business for a long time at that point, was really ready to, to switch gears, wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, so, so I ended up um, selling that business back in 2018 uh, to, a, uh, to the largest uh, competitor in that space, basically, um, it has since, you know, since I sold it to them, it has grown, um, uh, pretty significantly actually. Um, 
and uh, it's uh, it's still operating today. That's amazing. I mean, most people at 16, 17 are out, kind of to my point earlier, um, not thinking about business and uh, innovation. They're really thinking about partying. And, What's the next party? Yeah. <laughs> when's the next party? What can I do with my friends? So it's just, that's just very, very impressive. So. Well, and just to recap, because you. you didn't give your age. So you were 13 when you started this wholesaling business, right? So you really started when you were 13 and you saved your money in business for yourself, getting all these little gigs and then bought your truck when you were 15 and had to have mm-hmm. somebody drive you around. Mm-hmm. And so now mm-hmm. you've got this big business that you franchised, you sell it to private equity, right? Mm-hmm. You had this event. And how old yeah. were you at that point when you? I was, I was 20, I believe I was 28 years old at that event. And now what do you do with yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Now what I do with myself, too young to retire. You didn't want to and retire at 28? No, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. I I have way too much energy for that. So what was next? You you built a company from your teenage years and sold it and and didn't want to retire. So what came? What comes next? So I went into that uh, that opportunity um, thinking, hey, you know this this could be really interesting. You know, I've done my own thing for for a while. Basically, the bulk of my career, I, I did skip over. A, a short stint of my career. I, um, I worked at a bank for two years. Um, I was one of the founding members of the bank. I invested in it um, whenever I was 18 years old, um, went through the full capital raise phase, so on and so forth. So at any rate, um, you know, here I was thinking, you know, after I had my event, um, I went into it thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be involved with the, with the acquiring company for a while. I went into it thinking I'm going to be here for, for a while I had a family friend come to me and say, Hey, I want to start a business. But as you know, you know, our, our family doesn't really do business. You're the only person. And I really want to start a business. I don't have the money to start a business. I really want to do something. It's got to be service. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a hands-on guy and I'm really interested in, uh, in, in starting a business. You know, what would you recommend? And I said, look, I'm, I'm very open, very interested to helping you. Um, I just, I love business. I have a knack for business. Um, I've found a lot of joy in, in business and what I've done over my career. So, of course, having the opportunity to help someone else was, uh, was, was really cool. Um, so, anyway, we ended up landing on, we looked at several different things. We ended up landing on insulation, insulation, installation. So, um, so that's when we started. Uh, I started Koala Insulation. We started as a co- corporate company. We were just planning to have one, maybe two locations, and um, we realized that there was opportunity for you know repeatable success across the country. We we saw that there was a, I saw there was a knack for you know to to be a nationwide business, and uh, so so we started that business in 2018, and uh, in Atlanta. And quickly opened two additional locations in Florida within the next three or six months um, for those extra two locations. And then in 2020, we we franchised, I franchised the concept of Koala Insulation nationally. And uh, it's been, uh, you know, insulation is very well positioned in today's marketplace uh, because of uh, energy efficiency, 
Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different weather events that are, that are causing uh, comfort issues, you know, in people's homes. And so the insulation business has just been really well positioned uh, and we've, and we've grown quite significantly. So we're, uh, we're, we're pushing 400 territories awarded um, since, uh, since early 2020. And that's with about 125 franchise partners uh, that, that we have within that system now. That's amazing. So that company has grown and, and done well, and so I guess you got a little bored again. And so what <laughs> has evolved now since Koala Insulation? Yeah. yeah so, so just continuing on with the building envelope, um, we've had a lot of customers requesting, um, you know, windows and doors. So naturally, when people are interested in insulation, they're interested in insulation because of, of really two things. Number one is they're either uncomfortable in their home. And, and secondly, and, and followed by, and my, my energy bills are too high or vice versa. They say my energy bills are too high and I'm uncomfortable in my home. And so, um, but, but we also had people that said, you know, also my windows, do you guys do windows or do you know someone that, that you could refer me to for windows? And so we've been hearing this over the last, you know, basically since the inception of, of Koala. And, uh, and then just looking at the competitive landscape for, uh, for a national window and door, um, you know, replacement provider, there's really pretty limited competition similar to that of insulation. Um, windows and doors, though, straddle the line of a need and a want um, because it's something that does enhance curb appeal. So um, just continuing on with that same thesis of, of energy, you know, conservation, improving comfort, and with Windows Now Style, um, we uh, we launched Wallaby Windows. We launched that business, and it's uh, it was just an idea in 2021, and it became a reality in late 2021. We launched our first location in, in January of 22, and um, yeah, we've uh, we we we've launched the we were in the the flagship location uh, during all of 22, and uh, we just started offering that. Uh, opportunity available um, to prospective franchise partners that are uh, that are looking for the next big thing in franchising. So I want to back up for a minute because we we skipped over this, and I think it's important to point it out. Um, going back to when you were 28 and you had you had sold um, your fleet washing business, you had some thoughts about what if I just got lucky? What if I can't do this again? Mm-hmm. And so I I think some of that was questioning yourself and wanting to prove that maybe you could do it again. So I don't know if yeah. that, that might've all happened before this family member came to you, but I think that was probably a, a blessing in disguise that this person came to you as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I, um, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't sell the business and, and have a, a, you know, a predetermined path. I was, I was fully intending to, you know, remain a part of the, uh, the fleet clean, um, and, uh, and so part of it was, I knew that I was going to start something else. I just didn't know when my plan was to take a, you know, a break, so to speak from owning my own, my own business and, and, um, you know, just not let all the weight of the world lie on my shoulders. And so thought it might be nice to, to take a break. Um, we were thinking about having kids. So I thought, well, what better time than, you know, to do that than, than now. Um, and, uh, so yeah, um, uh, just decided, you know, Hey, 
I wonder if I got lucky on that first business. I wonder if uh, maybe I just kind of grew up in that area. Maybe I was in the right place at the right time. Um, maybe I just got lucky. Maybe it was just a, an interesting concept and, and, and a good concept in a, in a fragmented space. And so part of, uh, part of my, my desire to start Koala, uh, it, was, it was really, I, I told myself um, and I told my family, like, hey, this will probably be the last business that I start myself. Um, that, that, you know, probably going to plan to, to start this business, um, you know, and, and, and build this business up and then we'll figure out, you know, what the trajectory, you know, looks like thereafter. And, um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun though. But it wasn't the last business you started <laughs> because now you have Wallaby Windows. And I'm curious kind of what you said about, um, people asking for the windows. Are you finding there's strong interest in Wallaby from your koala franchisees that they want to kind of do those two businesses in tandem and do kind of what we call stacking where they have more than one service or product in a particular territory. Are you seeing that as a trend? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we, we do have a lot of Koala franchise partners that are interested in Wallaby windows, which is, uh, which is awesome. And that's really, um, you know, the best validation that we can ask for, right. As a franchise or, um, we do pride ourselves on good support and, and being a good partner in business. So, so that's good to, uh, you know, that's good to see and, and hear from those folks. Um, you know, Koala is still a very, uh, a very nascent business at this point. Um, our average franchise partner has only been in business for about 16 months today. So we don't want to get too ahead of our skis as it relates to, you know, having folks have multiple businesses that they're trying to juggle. Um, you know, we feel like that, um, that there will be an opportunity for that a little bit further down the road, but we really want folks to, you know, our, our koala folks, uh, we really want them to hit a, a wonderful stride in their business. Um, and, and we're seeing that, um, you know, we're seeing that, that, you know, it takes folks, they, they feel pretty good within the first several months of being in business, but they are learning, a, you know, a whole new trade. Yeah. They're oftentimes we work with first time business owners and so we want them to feel extremely comfortable and, and confident. It's, it's one thing to run one business. It's another thing to run multiple businesses with different, you know, employees and, and different types of businesses. So, um, so yeah, you know, to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense and you can get a lot of synergistic value as a, as a business owner by having multiple, multiple widgets, right? Um, especially if you can cross sell to the same exact customer right. and using, and, and using, you know, similar or the same, uh, you know, backend support and infrastructure that you already have in place insurances and, and other such items. So um, I think we'll start to see more of that. Uh, let's call it an attachment, right? I think we'll start to see more of an attachment between um, you know, a, a franchise partner that is a single, a single brand owner versus a multi-brand owner, just as we continue to, uh, you know, to build brands and, 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 you know, introduce additional brands here in the future. Well, in wrapping up about additional brands, I know you've got a couple of other things in the works. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned. Maybe that's another episode, yeah. but kind of summing this all up, if somebody I'm sure people see you and they, they 
have questions for you. They see what you've been able to do. If somebody, when somebody comes to you and asks for mentoring or, or has questions for you, I guess I want to know what would be your biggest piece of advice you would give to somebody that wanted to follow in your steps and be an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, uh, you know, what I would, what I would really tell anyone that's thinking about business ownership is look, it's what I like to describe it as, as a life commitment. When you're starting a business, you really have to go into it saying, I'm going to be in this for, for a long time. Now, naturally, you know, you can sell the business, you can get into it, build it, scale it and sell it. But you really need to think about it from a, from a long-term standpoint. Uh, and what that really translates into is, um, look, when the going gets tough and in every business, it's, it's, there's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys mm-hmm. and there's going to be days where you say, what did I get myself into? And that's <laughs> yes. at every single level. So when the going gets tough, you just have to keep pushing. Um, and, and that's good days and bad days. And given enough time, you know, what I've found in, in life, and I've started multiple businesses that we didn't talk about on this podcast. We, we own and operate other businesses outside of, of Koala and Wallaby currently. And, and what I'll say is given enough time, businesses do work. They will work. But you just have to give them enough time. And so, you know, you can, you can get into a lot of different things down the line with that, you know, from, from capital and good leadership. And, and so obviously going into business and having the right capital structure is extremely important. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the other big piece that I would say is, uh, is surround yourself with good people. Um, I come from a family where, you know, I don't, I don't have business owners to, to call on within my family and say, Hey, what do you think I should do in this instance? Or I'm, I'm having this trouble or I'm having a bad day. You know, let's talk about it. Um, so, you know, you can get some negativity, especially around the holidays and, and, and whatnot. People, you know, you say, Hey, I'm interested in starting a business and, and they're going to be negative and you just don't really need that in your life, right? You need folks that are going to support you. You need folks that are going to, be the voice of reason. It's not always puppies and rainbows. So it's not a bad thing for people to, you know, to have real talk. Um, but, uh, but just surround yourself with good people, right. And surround yourself with people that are going to, that are going to support you and support your ideas. Um, but that are also going to be truthful to you. Um, so, so those are the, I know you asked for one piece, but, but those are two things that are just really near and dear to me. And, um, you know, if I would have given up, in some of the early days, the hard days, the hardest days, in fact, of my of my career, um, I don't know, I don't know where or what I would be doing, um, you know, in, in my life. So thank Good you advice. so much. Yes, excellent advice. And um, we appreciate that very much. I believe that'll resonate with a lot of people, um, definitely ups and downs in business, and uh, you just got to keep going. So we greatly appreciate you taking time to join us today and share your wisdom and your experiences, Scott. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you. Um, again, my name is Sarah Wasco. This is my colleague, Roxanne Rapsky with FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. If you would like to hear other a similar podcast with entrepreneurs and franchisors and franchisees, please um, follow us on our YouTube channel, FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. And you can also uh, subscribe to Unpredicted Entrepreneur wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks again for joining us, and we hope everybody has a great day. Bye. Bye.